Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Right, here we go then with this week's talking points. Ah, oh, we will start with the coronavirus, and there is a statement from the BHA. Nikki, have you picked up anything here? I don't mean have you picked up the coronavirus. <laughs> have you picked up any intel from Cheltenham as to what their position might be before I talk about Indeed, the BHA? Well, I have. I spoke to Martin to Quinton last night and Simon Clay this morning, and I mean, they're very positive. They have to be. The thing's got to... It, it's on mm. until it's anything ghastly happens and that'll come from the government I'm sure yeah. so it is different from the foot and mouth. T- 2001 when we had the foot and mouth that was the sort of thing between DEFRA and, 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 and racing to have to make their own minds up really and it was unfortunate it didn't take place the second time but I think it's vital that whatever happens this is staged at some point whatever um, the trouble is if it did come to, if there was a horrible bit where we are forced to stop. How long is the break period going to be? Um, and therefore, how long is it? How long have you got to keep it before you have to say you can't go on? We're into the unknown. Um, I, uh, the BHA, I've, I've been chatting to, to spokesman from the BHA about this, and he's keen to stress that yesterday they said the industry group continues to liaise closely with government. Um, and at present, racing continues as usual and the sport remains in agreement. There is no need to develop a policy regarding abandonment of any specific fixtures due to uh, coronavirus at this time. And I think he's quite keen to stress that it, the key is at this stage. It's not as though the BHA are burying their head in the sand and saying, oh, nothing to see here, move on. It's just a question of that every day they just have to take evolving yeah. advice from government. None of we us know, do we? We can't control the uncontrollable. No, exactly. None of us know. And, you know, there's Italian football games have been cancelled this weekend. Mm. France have... France, I think, have down to 5,000. Yeah. Mm. I, I, um, I think they're also keen to, to stress that these are indoor events mm-hmm. rather than yes. events. Yeah, yeah. Okay. makes a bit of a difference. Could you yeah, as you say, racing has got no say in it whatsoever. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a government edict or whichever way it goes. Apart from, I suppose, to make its case to government if there are, if, you know, if there are gradations of outdoor gatherings or whatever or different. You know. But anyway, that's, we were going to keep monitoring that for you. Uh, the Gambling Commission. Sam, now talk me through this story. Um, right. Uh, they, there's a feeling that their powers cannot keep up or yes. keep pace sufficiently with the explosion of online gambling. Basically, this is a little bit beyond my pay grade, being a tipping monkey. But, no, it's not. But... Um, Yes, the the feeling within government and various other parties is that the Gambling Commission, I I don't want to use the words not fit for purpose, but those have been used by parliamentarians. That is a little bit of a concern going forward. Um, Obviously, the gambling industry moves forward at a vast pace and the Gambling Commission hasn't really kept up with it. Um, And in this day and age where mental health and you know we're, we're said to have nearly 400,000 problem gamblers in the country you know it's very very important that these people are protected now the gambling commission yes has a certain responsibility but I certainly think that bookmakers surely must have a certain responsibility this day and age there's a it's an 11, mil, 11 billion pound industry mm-hmm. um, and I know they have their they have their responsibilities to shareholders etc in their own companies but in this day and age, self-regulation is is very much a paramount issue um, within various spheres of racing, you know, certainly welfare, etc. Yes. I, I think there's got to be a little bit more done from the bookmaker's angle. If you don't self-regulate robustly, then you will be regulated yeah, in a fashion that you do, don't uh, fancy. Uh, and as we saw it last week with the, with the welfare issues. Yeah, and we've seen with FOBTIs, you know, it has been like the Wild West out there for the last 10 or 15 years since the internet and 
phone betting, I mean, phone betting has gone through the roof in the last three years. It doubled, I think, in, in revenue in the last three years or doubled in size, which shows you, you know, every time you go to a race course, people aren't necessarily having bets on the total with bookmakers. They're all on their phones or on their iPads or whatever they're doing on their tablets, you know, and that's how they get the bets on these days. Well, we will segue into the welfare issue now because this this is a bizarre and, and difficult to, to cope with story about a horse called the Tartan Spartan, who you might have heard of in his mm. former in, incarnation. The, the horse was officially thought to be dead and is now running again. Yeah. Um, because an owner's picked him up through a third party and the initial agreement was that the horse was, was euthanised or the, the the view was that he was euthanised and there was a, a temporary injunction granted now that injunction's been lifted because the horse is, is OK to run. Now, I think, Nicky, the point here is with the, the new welfare measures that are being being put forward by the independent welfare board that we were talking about last week, the Horse Welfare Board, such an incident wouldn't be able to happen in this country in the future because you'd be able to track the horse all the way through his life. I think, I think it's a very good way of... Uh, I mean, it is important that one can, because you just... You know, one might sell them or find them homes, mm. but you'd then have no control over how it gets passed on the next time and the next time. And to be fair, not many years ago, what we used to do if we were giving off... A, a horse was being given away to do, go and do another um, career, we would keep the passport. Yeah. And so nobody could, and we'd always say, listen, give it, if it's not working, we'll take him back. Um, now the past, so you've always got control. The horse can't go anywhere. Well, it, it, they can't sell it. They can't go abroad with it. Um, so well, we, it, can't, it can't go abroad and it can't run. No. Because I'm going to And we, we have a, a, a non-running, we won't run it certificate. You know, we sign, they sign a piece of paper and we keep the passport so it can't move. Now the passport has to go with the horse wherever right. the horse goes. So we then lose track of it, mm-hmm. um, and that is where you know the, 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 this has got to be tightened up so that there is, um, you know, it can be traced to wherever it is going to go. The technology should be able to help with that in due course. It certainly should. I'm not sure how they do it, but I mean, you can't have a. I suppose you can't have a tracker. They're all. They're, they're all. Um, you know, they've got their chips. Chips, um, so they're identifiable. Um, It'll take some doing, but it would be a great help, and it would be—it's important. Well, one day it might be um, might be GPS chips, and we'd be able to track every horse <laughs> everywhere. That's actually pretty terrifying, right? Uh, now, th- this is going back to the Mike Smith issue—the uh, whip disqualification. AP McCoy has mentioned it this week, so all these strands tie in nicely. You just disqualify horses if you go one over on the whip, and it was suggested by the independent horse welfare board or the horse welfare board independently chaired uh, to the BHA that in their new review it's something that they should definitely look at a, a disqualification if a whip rule is breached is it something you'd be in favour of? I personally would prefer not to have disqualification but as, 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 the, as they found in, the, in, in, the, in that report which was a I can't say I read all 137 pages because I really is not very good, but it proceeded. It was very good, um, and the whip it's it's still got to be resolved. Mm. And you know, obviously from now from here they're going to have to discuss the subject. I see what AP is saying. It's probably the only way you get a, a fight that, where the rules will be obeyed if you do disqualify. Mm-hmm. The horse, but I, I've got to say, I'm not madly in favour of that. But a lot of people are, and they see it as probably the only way you're going to 
absolutely exterminate the whip as a problem. Um, the number, I think, is probably about right at the moment. Um, but obviously there are incidents when people go way over the top, and that's got to be stamped. Yeah, I mean, they tried to stamp it last night in, oh. in Saudi Arabia. It, uh, it's a mixed message again, though, isn't it, Nick? Is yeah, the, the groupthink moving, Sam? Is racing's groupthink moving towards this? Listening to AP last night... I think night so, yeah. We get, you get whatever. major names in the sport that yeah. are coming out and, and willing to put their head above the parapet and say these things. But, I mean, it, like I say, it's a mixed message again. The pro-cush, as Yates would love to call it, <laughs> it you know is not supposed to harm or hurt horses, and yet we're, we are very much centering on a number again um, as being you know, the, the pivotal problem with, with using the pro-cush. We talked earlier on about the paucity of good horses in the, in the north of England and in Scotland. Well, you can add York Hill to the <laughs> list of horses that will now be trained, uh, either in the north or in Scotland, because York Hill has gone to Sandy Thompson to be revivified in the ownership of a close friend of, of uh, owner Graham Wiley. Wow. I mean, mm. I, don't know, I don't know quite what they do with him. Put, him, put him into therapy, I'm not sure, but this is a big task for Sandy Thompson, isn't it? It is, but with, you know, these sort of challenges are always good fun. He's a very, very talented horse. Um, and it, it can, changes can bring about revivals. And um, yes, but I'm sure he'll relish the challenge. If he came to you, what would you do with him? So if you've got a horse like that, straight into the yard, what do you do straight away, first first week? I should think I'd probably turn it out of the field and see what it says. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're, you're mind-reading a horse, really, and see if there's anything you can do. I mean, Would you try hunting with a horse like he'd that? He certainly would. We, we, we sent one off for a month um, just now, and he's coming back. He's about to run. Um, it is a good way. Around mm. um, us, the hunting is so bad, it's, you've got to send them away where they're going to do it properly. Mm. And actually, it, it just shows... I, I'm not saying he's going to win, but we've been trying Mike Bite mm. over the, uh, on the cross-country. We took him mm. to Cheltenham the other day. I don't say we'd... I, I can't see him winning. He's not going to beat Tiger Rolls and JP's French horse. Um, but lovely. he absolutely loved it. Did and you'd have thought he would have melted with fright. And he was brilliant. Mm. And it's just something that sort of seems to have really sparked him up. Mm. And he was great. And I was watching York Hill's victory in the novice, the novice hurdle yeah. at Cheltenham the other day. And my God, he was good. He was. When he was mm. good. He was you know, four-time grade one winner, isn't he? Yeah. Um, mm. I think they're going to aim him at the air meeting. I think the, the Scottish champion hurdle meeting. Two mm. and a half mile race round there for him. Should be perfect, really. Um, you've got that running rail as well, haven't you, which might help. Mm. And it's just intriguing. It's just intriguing to see how, how he'll get on and how somebody else might do with him. Right, where are we going next? Uh, Sean Bowen, who is out mm. for the Ch Cheltenham Festival with a collarbone break. It's a wretched time of the year uh, to break a collarbone, but this is a talented, this is a talented rider, as is his brother who rides for uni. Yeah, absolutely, both of them exceptional. Yeah. Um, some feel that James might... Go above Sean, but I, you know you, you watch Sean ride. I mean, he's, he's he's just the right shape for a rider, isn't he? You see Tom Markand on the flat, and 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 Sean Bowen is just very tidy, strong, very clever tactically, and it's just a dreadful shame that he's going to miss Cheltenham because I thought he delivered one of the rides of the season just over Christmas time on just a sting. We just got up in the closing stages, did his best just to squeeze and cajole and push and just get just a sting there on the line, and then obviously that horse has contributed him. You know, missing out the first in the uh, the old racing post chase or the Betway handicap now, um, and that's contributed to him missing Cheltenham, which is dreadful. Shame. Very bad luck, isn't it? Yeah, and you and as you said, you you um, have James Byrne riding for you as well, and he's 
he's still so they're still both still incredibly young. Young. Well, they're, they're a fantastic family, and uh, you know, even home based Peter, mm. um, and you know, one has to admire how these. You know, they're the most. They're both most delightful boys, mm. um, and they've. You know, they've. This is this is all they've ever done. Is ride, 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 and consequently, they're appearing at a very, very young age. I mean, James was. I mean, he was only just eighteen when. Well, he wasn't eighteen when he came to us, so. Mm. But he couldn't drive, and. Um, <laughs> but he, he could ride, <laughs> and he can. And they're two very, very talented boys, and you won't find nicer boys. Anywhere, and you tipped either. him as a future champion jockey, James. I, Sean has been tipped as a future champion yeah. as well. Do you think they will? Well, they've dominate? got so much time on their side as well, mm. um, and they've you know they've got a lot of band of supporters, and they're more than ourselves. And I think James Bowen he tweeted the other day when um, Luke Harvey put up an old clip of a of a piece that he'd done on the old racing channel when he was in 2001 I think it was and James Bowen put yeah the year I was born which <laughs> made everyone in the clip and everyone who watched it feel suitably ancient including Richard Johnson now we've already spoken about uh, Richard Johnson mm. a little bit earlier on in the show when we were talking about Brian Hughes I felt a bit sorry for Brian Hughes because you almost got yeah. a feeling that he felt a bit beleaguered there I, that, and that everyone's going go on Dickie you can win it you can come from behind and, yeah I mean uh, everyone likes a, a legend of the game who's making a comeback don't they yeah um, well as, as Ruby Walsh said about uh, old horses yeah exactly and, and that was probably under So's failing was the fact that he was always there virtually <laughs> at every gig so nobody had time to miss him um, I mean, 37 days from a broken arm is an incredible recovery. The work that he must have done to, to get back, the mental strength that he has to continue riding at that level um, with lads that are half his age. Um, you know, I mean, he's an incredible, incredibly fit man, but those bumps and bruises, they take their toll, you know, as we all know, as you get a little bit older. Um, not that I've ever ridden a racehorse at 35, 40 miles an hour over, you know, big fences so he's, he's an extraordinary model Richard and, and the fact that he's still got that longevity the durability the class to want to continue to go forward um, I've just got you know endless well endless credit but it's for amazing him, really. when you think that he actually spent 20 years finishing second mm. Mm. and that must have been the frustration in mm. that must have been <laughs> enormous so to have that drive still to want to go through this yes. because that was a long time being runner up and, and not having a look in, and even and as, as you know, AP still had his falls, and still he was indestructible, and so is Dickie. And, and you know, I know him better than Brian, yes, but um, you know they're two great jockeys, mm. and it's it, 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 again, it's 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 good for the game. If I was if I was Brian, I wouldn't take it as any negativity no. towards himself. It's just mm. a groundswell of support for for Richard Johnson, I suppose. And it'll be fascinating to see how it pans out in the uh, in the next few weeks. Oh, some people don't find it very fascinating at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll find it quite interesting. I always find the Trainers' Championship quite interesting, especially when there's only seven grand in it. But, I, but yeah, um, it, it will be an interesting theme and narrative between now and the end of the season and those with this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Cruel Dubai. 